Welcome to the Billingshurst Family Church Podcast. For more information or to support our work in Billingshurst and the surrounding areas, please visit billingshurstfamily.church. Thank you for having me here. Um, as Julian said, my name's Emma or Eagle Owl. Uh, the brownies call me Eagle Owl, but that doesn't mean that that is confined to a hall. That can be across Chichester Town Centre, Tesco Supermarket, uh, church, schools I walk into. Ah! No, it's Miss Capel. No, it's fine. They can call me Eagle Owl. They all know me as Eagle Owl. So if you can't remember Emma, do call me Eagle Owl. I do respond. Um, now, I'm here today to celebrate with you and say thank you from the bottom of our hearts at Compassion for the work that you are doing with children across the world through Compassion. So um, a little bit about me. I sponsor two children. Um, They're both in the Philippines. And I was very privileged to go out in Easter 2018. And I didn't write this bit down, but I've just said to Julian, and I I feel after after what's been brought this morning that I must share this with you. Um, I was sat in church and our elder came up and said, right, you know, we, we sponsor all these children in the Philippines. We work with a baby unit out there. We're going to have a trip. So if you'd like to come with us on that trip, do come and let me know. And God said to me, get your name on that list. Make sure it's at the top. You're going to the Philippines. And I went, no, I'm not. <laughs> Excuse me, small point, one I don't have a passport. I've never had a passport in my life. Uh, The biggest body of water I'd ever travelled across at this point was the flooding in Pulborough. And number three, and probably, you know, slightly most importantly, I was at the time in a wheelchair. And Philippines is not known for its accessibility. It's not known for its beautifully paved paths and, you know, flat roads. And my little girl, bless her, lives halfway up the side of a volcano. It's not going to happen. And God said, it is. Get down there. So I went to my elder. And, you know, he's, he's not tall. But when you're in a wheelchair, he's quite tall. And I looked up at him and went, oh, David. And he sort of went, what are you doing here? I'm signing up people for the Philippines. And I went, I'd like to go to the Philippines. And he went, <laughs> But being a lead elder, I'm sure you know, you can't say no. So he went, oh, okay. Put my name down. Big question mark. Anyway, uh, Long story short, two years later, I told my little boy, uh, who lives in the Philippines, that I wanted to come out. The church was coming. Unbeknown to me, until we walked into that church, the church members all turned around and said, praise the Lord, you are here. We have been praying for you for two years so that you could come. And I'm still on my feet. I'm still dancing. Lord does not choose people who are ready equipped. He chooses those And then he equips them. So if you feel like you're not worthy and you feel like you can't do it, brilliant. Because that is exactly who he is looking for. He will choose you and he will equip you. And trust me, if he can get some girl who spent her life in a wheelchair up the side of a mountain, he can get you to do all sorts of things. Nothing is impossible for this God. So that's that's my testimony for you this morning. So... um, Currently, Billingshurst Church is sponsoring 13 children. That is 13 children whose entire lives have been changed. And I will go and explore that a bit more a bit later. It is massive. So, um, we're going to show you, if you're a sponsor, get ready. You might have to get your binoculars out. Those are your 13 children. Here's the Where's Wally moment. See if you can find them. Um, 
they're not always, we did this in our church, and <laughs> it was ever so difficult, because they, as they update the photos, this might be an updated photo that you might not have seen yet, so you've got to, got to see if you can pick them out. So these are your 13 children. Now they're spread over six different countries across the world. Compassion works in 25 different countries, but pretty much they're all across the third, the middle third of the world. And there are 25 countries. Now, that's not to say there are other countries that don't need help. There are some countries, when we went to the Philippines, there are certain islands in the Philippines that Compassion can't work in because they're Muslim islands and they're not allowed to go down there. That doesn't mean there aren't children down there suffering. It means that Compassion can't get in there. So currently, there are 25 countries that they work in. Um, there's, um, you've got your children split across all sorts of countries. Um, I've got a real heart for the Philippines, so I'm really glad to see there's a Philippines flag on there. Um, I just, I've just become so passionate about the Philippines. If you come and speak to me with your cup of tea later, you'll, you'll hear my passion. It's the most incredible country. It's very, very much like Great Britain. Um, they have very boring animals. I was incredibly disappointed, went all that way. Um, I saw pigeons, sparrows, and um, one dragonfly. 18 hours I spent on a plane for that, you know. Uh, but it is a brilliant country. And the best thing I found was if you walk into a church in the Philippines, it looks like this, with one exception. It looks like this. They don't always have walls. Um, sometimes it is just a roof. They have a band, they have drums, they have guitars. They sing the same songs that we do. It was like being at home, except they do it in flip-flops and we do it in jumpers. That's the only difference. It's just, the heat is quite incredible. Um, but it felt like home. It was amazing. Um, so you've got uh, eight girls and five boys. That's um, fairly typical. Um, People tend to choose, um, you know, something that they alliance with. So uh, we'll try and even up the numbers. But you've got eight, five, eight and five. Um, and this is, is there a picture of, um, is there a picture of a house? Yes. So um, the majority of your children, I think six out of the 13, are in Kenya. So this is a typical house you can see behind here. They're constructed of bricks and blocks and cement walls, dirt floors, there's nothing on the floor at all, and then tin corrugated roofs. Now, I got sent this from Compassion, and I was like, that's quite posh. We did not see that in the Philippines. In the Philippines, you have walls if you're lucky. Um, if you imagine something that's made out of pallets, so they have strips of wood, but there'll be holes, there's no glass, so if you have a window, it's a hole. Uh, my little girl um, had windows and they had shutters that they sort of propped up with a stick and then it sort of came. Her dad was a carpenter, so she had quite a nice house. Um, all corrugated roofs, and if you're lucky, the bits of corrugate haven't got holes in, but the vast majority have got holes in. Um, one little girl, um, Mark, one of the guys that came out from our church with us, he went to visit his little girl, and she didn't really have what you would describe as a house at all. So what they had done is they had put up the corrugated roof in an alleyway between two shops. That was what they called home. Um, broke Mark's heart, he raised loads of money, they've now built themselves a house. Um, but that is the reality of these children. They just have nothing. If they're lucky in their houses, they'll have a shelf, and that shelf will be their kitchen. 
They have a mat on the floor. I must admit, the majority of the countries are so hot, they don't need any kind of bedding, um, but they don't have any material, literal material, so there's no tablecloths, no towels, no bedding, um, no rugs on the floor, no curtains at the window. They are bare. The best thing I can describe it as is a child's playhouse. They're wooden surrounds, dirt floor, no creature comforts inside. That's what most of these children live in. Um, last year, this church sent out 24 letters to their children. Um, and uh, the children beat you, by the way. They sent 38 back. So come on, writing, writing, writing. I'll move on to writing letters later. Um, I'm a huge fan of writing letters um, because I know the difference those letters make and I want to share that with you later. So if you're a sponsor, watch out. I'm going to be nagging later about letters. Um, So these 13 children receive quite a lot between them. So they got 7,000 hours at the projects. Projects mainly run Saturdays. So um, it's like... um, it's run a bit like schools. So they get fed, they get their medical care, um, they'll get a decent meal. Um, they get both physically and spiritually guided. So they'll be taught how to live healthy, they'll be taught how to eat healthy, but they'll also be taught about Jesus. And that is what changes their lives probably more than anything. Because that is the fundamental foundation of everything. If they know about the love of Jesus, it gives them hope. It gives them a future. We're talking about children who, if you said to a child, when we went out to the Philippines, any of the children you asked, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? They haven't got a clue. Because they don't know if they're going to survive that long. They don't know where their next meal's coming from, let alone 10 years' time, what job are they going to get? They don't know if they'll be in school tomorrow because they've got to pay for it. Jesus changes these children's lives. And through sponsorship, these children get to know about Jesus. They get given um, a Bible. They get taught, just like the children do in Sunday school. So these 13 children have suddenly been given hope. More than food, more than a roof over their head, they have hope for the future. And they will have a future because these children will survive. So um, if they don't turn up to the... Um, the Saturday project, they get checked on. So if a child does not turn up for a couple of weeks, it might be because many of the children have the most incredible journeys to get there. Some of them have to raise the money to get a taxi. Some of them have to walk miles over the most treacherous ground. But they do it because they love being there. And if they don't make it, the staff will go and check on them. Is it because a family member's ill? Is it because the child is ill? Is it because they can't get there anymore? And they will support that child to come back to the project. What doesn't happen is these children do not disappear. These children do not get forced into child labour or worse because somebody is checking on them. They get 44 weeks a year. That's when the projects are open, maybe even more than that. And if they don't turn up, somebody will find them. We, had, we went out to visit one of our chaps' uh, teenager, 16, 17-year-old, and he hadn't been turning up at the project because he'd lost hope and he'd lost faith. And um, my friend, Steph, went out as his sponsor, so he came on the Saturday and renewed his faith and renewed his hope. And he's now gone on to further university and he's studying. 
connecting with these children, showing them that somebody on the other side of the world who they have no connection with at all has decided to take the time to be their sponsor and change their life means so much to these children. The children who have sponsors, it's like all their Christmases come at once. And they will hold on to that for the entire of their sponsorship. And that could be 20-odd years. They now start at age one. They now come out of a child uh, survival unit at one. So you can sponsor a child from the age of one. And they get sponsored until they go out and get employed. Now, that could be 16, like in this country. They could leave at 16 from school and go and get a job. They may decide to go on to um, further education, in which case their sponsorship will keep going until they graduate and they go and get themselves a job. And all that time, they know that somebody on the other side of the world who they've never met, and for what they describe as... They just they can't understand the reason why somebody that they don't know, they've never met, would want to be part of their lives and to help them. And that means the world to these children. Um, they get um, meals. So there's, you've provided uh, 1,700 meals for these children just in the last year. Um, they've had at least 40 medical checkups. That's three each. That's dental, medical, all sorts of things. Everything is cared for. Um, a lot of them don't have toothbrushes until they go to the projects. Um, they can't afford to buy toothpaste, and they don't have toothbrushes. They get those at the projects, so suddenly dental becomes you know, something that's actually manageable, and they can actually keep their teeth. Um, 20 Bibles have been handed out um, because of these 13 sponsorships. Now, um, I don't know about you, but I, I sit in my church back in Chichester, and we're quite often preached and told that we should be disciples and we should be going out and sharing our testimonies and talking to complete strangers on the bus, and that's completely terrifying. And it's not something that I must say I do a lot or um, enjoy doing. And yet, this church has discipled 20 people across the world because they now have a Bible in their hand. And they will open that Bible and they know that Jesus loves them because you sponsored 20, 13 children, 20 more people across the world. That is the power of this sponsorship. It's so easy for us. It's so powerful at the other end. Um, there's also a slide which shows um, how much money has gone out there. So 5,748 that will include the sponsorship. Sponsorship, um, for the sponsors who haven't seen the emails come out, the sponsorship is going up to £28 a month. So for every child you sponsor, it's £28 a month, and that covers everything. 80% of that money goes directly to your child. The other 20% pays for the letters that go back and forward. It pays for new sponsorships to be found. Um, Compassion, as a charity, don't take your sponsorship money. That is for your children. And so that's the money that's been sent out. And in, in addition to that, 16 additional gifts. So that might be birthday money you've sent out or Christmas money or you've got some sort of bonus and you've decided to share it with your children. Um, all sorts of ways you can give extra money. You can um, send money to their projects, all sorts of things. So um, that is fantastic because those additional gifts, that's more than one per child. So that's brilliant because they can get my little boy, um, I send him out birthday money, and he bought six chairs, because they don't have any furniture. So six plastic garden chairs, that's where he bought with his money. My little girl bought 20 pairs of ducks. I was so happy. <laughs> I love ducks. And um, she, bought, she went out with her mum, and they bought 20 pairs of ducks. Now, that is a 
lifesaver. That will provide them with meat. That will provide them with eggs. They can sell ducks to other people. 20 pairs is going to be a lot of ducklings. They have no predators out there. So all their ducks and things just wander freely because there's no snakes, there's no rats, and there's no foxes. So they just wander about. And all the houses tend to be up on stilts. All the ducks just get underneath and go to sleep at night. It's brilliant. So you can see them all through the floor because there's so many holes in the floor you can see all the ducks. So um, that's an incredible amount of money and it will just mean so much to the children. They can go out. My, my little boy often sends me back pictures where they've been. He's, he went and had a haircut. You know, I mean, my children don't think about that. My children don't think about worrying about having to get a haircut. Um, and when they go out, they go into town and they quite often stop at sort of the, the local McDonald's type place and have a burger and chips. I mean, it's just something that our children take so much for granted that it's such a huge treat for them. So, um, there are 13 children here who have been saved and um, 13 children whose lives don't look anything like they would have done a few years ago because of your sponsorship. So I want to say a massive thank you to all of you in this church for supporting these children. But now we've looked at the numbers, um, let's look at why. Why do, we, why do we bother doing it? What, what difference does it actually make on the ground? Now, quick question for you. Make sure you're all still awake. When you look at, up at night and you look up at the stars, on a nice clear day, there's no clouds, and you look up and you see the stars, how many do you reckon you can see? Thousand? Hundred thousand, maybe? If you're on top of a hill? <laughs> I mean, we know there's a lot more out there. You know, there, there are millions of stars. But how many can you actually picture seeing in your head in the sky? A million? I mean, a million, that's, that's a big number. That's a lot of stars. Can you imagine a million children? So then when I say to you, can you imagine 385 million children who live in poverty... That's just not a number that we can fathom. That's unbelievable. Across the world, 385 million children in poverty. We've saved 13. Seems like one drop in a very big ocean. Is that going to make much of a difference? Stick with me and we'll see. So I'm going to introduce my two little drops in the vast ocean. Uh, that's me in the middle. Uh, that's my little boy, Alquin, and his family. Um, he's got uh, a little brother and a big brother and a sister. His dad has left. Um, his dad is not around anymore. Um, his mum, I will try and tell you this without crying. I'm going to try and get to the end of this whole sort without crying. His mum works abroad. She can't afford to live in the Philippines. She can't afford to stay. There's no work. So she lives in Saudi Arabia. And we turned up at their project, and I did not think I would ever meet her because she's not in the country. She had saved every last penny and every hour of holiday to come and meet me at the project. That was her annual holiday, was to come and meet me. She hadn't seen the children for over 12 months. Um, she can't speak to them on the phone. They can't afford phone calls. She goes out, she works, she's a housekeeper, and she sends money back, and she doesn't see the children. But she came back to see me. Um, so it was the most amazing um, opportunity to be able to meet her. And she's the most incredible woman, speaks the most wonderful English. So it was like meeting my best friend. And we took the children out. It was like going out with, 
your best friend with the children down to the coffee shop and having a chat. It was incredible. Um, so that's my little boy and his family. Um, I've also got little girl, Novi. Uh, this is my Novi. Um, she just smiled continuously the whole time we were there and spoke very, very little English, but she knew one word. Wow. 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 And that's all she said for two days. <laughs> um, like I say, she lives halfway up a, a volcano in this, what looks like the most idyllic, beautiful children's playhouse. And then you walk in and you realise that's their home. Um, they're surrounded by jungle. There's a dirt track. Um, but she is just the most smiling. And we went to this amazing place, which is a bit like a very downgraded Chessington Model Adventures. So there was rides. Um, this was the stairs that went up to this huge kind of rope course in the sky. Uh, my little girl rode on a horse. They had ice cream. They went swimming. Oh, it was just... Um, my little boy, bless him, I said, you've got to go on this ride with her. And he went, you are kidding me. This is very girly and pink. And I went, please. And he, bless him, he went on with her. Um, and they went on loads of rides. There was some really quite hair-raising lack of health and safety rides, which we didn't go very near. Um, but uh, if any of you know Toby, he did them. Um, he took his little girl. Who's, his little girl is the same age as my Novi. They're friends. And he took her onto all sorts of things. I was like, oh, my God. I'm just not going to look. I'm just not going to look. Um, it, was, it was brilliant. We had such a fun time. If you ever get a chance to go out and visit your children, go and visit them because they are magical and the little things that open their eyes and cause them to go wow is it'll melt your heart if you get the chance do go out so um there's a little video of uh, my little girl in her project it's like i say they meet on saturdays and um they learn all sorts of things so while we were there they learned about butterflies and about um sort of kind and dangerous little insects and which ones they should touch and which ones they shouldn't. Um, they learn about healthy eating. Um, they learn about Jesus. They learn about all sorts of things. And part of her group, um, they were learning Bible verses, which they learn and they repeat. And very cleverly, they learn them in alphabetical order. So they were doing uh, A to F. Now, you'll see in a minute, this is uh, Novi's little group. In this church, there is about 500 children. The churches over there are vast, but there's very few adults because the adults have to work. If you don't work, you don't eat. So the only way to get Jesus into these families is through the children, and the, the churches are huge. They must have eight different children's groups going on at the same time, and they are full. It looks like a primary school. Um, so hopefully, are we going to, is it going to, we'll, we will see. Here they go.
God is love. Um, so that, that's how they learn. And they, they have these, they're, they're very American over in the Philippines. So they have tiny little televisions that all sort of 40, 50 children look at. And they don't, they're not like British children. They don't all crown. They all stay in their seats and they all look at this tiny little screen and sing these American songs with all the actions. It's just incredible. Um, and the, the rooms are so bright and so colourful, and the children are just so full of life. It really is incredible to see. Now, between us, that's 15 children. 15 children out of 385 million. Um, that's 15 drops in the ocean. Barely seems significant, and certainly not quite enough for a whole wave. But... Uh, I want to show you something. So if there's any sponsors here, um, I need 13 people. So we're going to start with the sponsors. So if you are a sponsor, um, if you could come up, one per family, because I need 13 people. And if not, I'm just going to pick people randomly. So there we go. So let's see how many we end up with. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Do you want to come up? Twelve. Another volunteer, another one. Coming up, come on, come on. 13. That's right, come be 13. Yeah, no, that's fine. I just need 13. So, uh, imagine these are the 13 children who are sponsored. Now, the sponsorship works on a bottom-up approach. It's how compassion has always worked. They start with the children and they work their ways up. Now, because of these 13 children, because they turn up to projects, because they need transporting, because they need teaching, because in the Philippines and every other country around the world, there is a massive compassion office which sorts out all the sponsorship, which translates all the money, which takes all the letters and translates yours into whatever language the children speak in, and then they translate them all back in. So there's translators, there's pastors, there's kids workers. So we want another 13 people, because 13 jobs, at least are created because 13 children are sponsored. So we'll have um, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. If you could stand up where you are, if that's okay. So that's basically everyone on this side except the back row. Don't worry, I'm coming to you back row. Don't panic. So suddenly, your 13 sponsorship, there is now 26 people who now know about Jesus. These people who watch these letters come back and forward and they see the life. They might never meet these children because in the Philippines, it's thousands of islands and the, the office is in Manila. The children are out on an island. But these people watch these letters going back and forward. They watch these children's lives being transformed. So 13 more people who know about Jesus because these 13 children were sponsored. But it doesn't stop there. So then every child comes home from a Saturday project or from Sunday morning church, and they preach the gospel because they know in their heart they don't have any of this adult shyness and, you know, we must not speak out of turn. They come home full of it, and they tell their brothers, their sisters, their mums, their dads, their grandparents. So if you are family to any of these 13 people, if you could stand up and join... Everyone else in the room. Have you got any family? Have you just come on your own? You just... Oh, that's good. Oh, bless him. He's got to put the kettle on. It's very important. Um, oh, look. Hi. 
So there we go. So we have, we have family. Now, we have family who fathers, brothers, mothers, sisters, they've given up drugs. They've gone from their life of crime. They have turned their lives to Jesus because 13 children were sponsored and they see the change in their children and they want a piece of that. It changes lives. Much, much bigger than 13 children. Now, also what happens is, when I went to visit Novi, next door there was two little girls. They were called Nova and Neva, twins, twin girls. And they had seen Novi going off in smart clothes, coming back with food. Aye, aye, what's going on? Gone in to speak to mum, what on earth is going on? Oh, Novi's now a compassion child. Oh, how do I get my children to be compassion children? Next door signs her two children up. Whole nother family is now learning about Jesus. They know because this little light came back into this house and that light shone. So if anyone in this room would pay attention to anything that these people would ever say, you can stand up and join them. Because if these guys came home and told you about something fantastic, if you would listen to them, stand up and join. There is one more opportunity, so you can stay seated if you like, all right? Now, I want to tell you about one particular sponsored child. He was sponsored at three, which used to be the old beginning of the sponsorship program. He got sponsored right up until he left university. And when he left university, he opened a school. But it wasn't a school for children. This was a school for pastors. He trained schools of pastors who then went out and planted churches and told their communities about Jesus. How many lives did that one sponsored child then change? How many lives came to Jesus because that one child, somebody took the time and effort to sponsor them, write to them, tell them, you are loved, Jesus loves you, and you can do whatever you want. And he did, and he went out and did it. It's on the Compassion website. Go and read it. Amazing, amazing man. can't remember his name, but you'll find him. If anyone else is sitting down, you might be in one of those churches that those pastors go out and preach. So you better stand on your feet and join with these people. This is the difference 13 children's sponsorship makes. And if you did this in a 500 church, you would have 500 people on their feet. 13 children... They might only be one drop in the ocean. But if you then join with compassion today, if you come and sponsor a child, you join your drop to the other two million drops that compassion have already got sponsored, that is a tidal wave. And I don't know about you, but I want to be part of that tidal wave that is bringing Jesus through the middle of that map and is going to change the world. You can all now take seats. Thank you very much. Now, your 13 children are something to celebrate. You can see what a massive influence 13 children can have. They go on with hope and with education to teach other children. They run for government. They become MPs and they run their towns and their cities. They have massive 
influence over their communities from a very small, frightened child who doesn't know when their next meal is coming to someone who can change the world with the name of Jesus. That is the difference sponsorship makes. I've brought other children with me today. If you would like to be part of that, and if you can afford to sponsor a child, come and talk to me afterwards with your cup of tea. Come and have a look at the children and see if it's something that you can do. If sponsorship is not something you can commit to, there are other ways to get involved, lots of other ways, from coffee mornings to climbing Mount Kilimanjaro and pretty much everything in between. So come and speak to me with your cuppa and I can give you some ideas. Now, um, this is then something for... If, if this is laid on your heart and you're thinking to myself, that's it, I'm getting my cup of tea and I'm going to be right over there. Or if you were a current sponsor... This next bit is for you. And I am guaranteed not to get through this bit without crying. Okay, let's go for it. So, uh, the next picture is all these children. There's me in the middle. Still on my feet. Unbelievable, because this was halfway through the the trip. Um, These are all what they call compassion graduates. So they've all been sponsored from a very young age. They've grown up through Compassion. They've had sponsors. And we had dinner with them one evening. Most amazing, incredible. They're engineers, they're teachers, they're doctors, they're pastors. They're changing the world in the name of Jesus. And we questioned them. And one of the questions we asked was, what was the most important thing that you had got from your sponsors Had they sent you something? Had they, you know, what was it, the money? Was it the fact that you got fed because, you know, you knew you had regular meals? Each and every one of them, we went along the road, every single one of them said the most important thing, the most treasured thing they ever got was their letters. It was having someone say to them, I love you, you are special. You don't have to write pages and pages and pages. You don't have to be able to quote huge chunks of the Bible. It can be the simplest of messages. If you get a postcard, if you've never written to your children before or you struggle, get yourself a postcard. It's a very small area to cover. Put your favorite Bible verse on one side, and then the other side you have to put your name, their name, and your numbers. That's all you need to write. That will mean the world to them. And I want to show you the world that it means. This very last picture is one of my favourites. I found it a very long time ago on the Compassion website, and it spoke to me, and it broke my heart. This is a little boy called Gilbert, and this is Gilbert's house. And as you can see, it is uh, wood, and it's probably got a corrugated tin roof. And this white shadow in the corner is um, a mat on the floor where he sleeps. And this is the entire house, because this is probably the door that the photographer is standing in. So the only piece of furniture they have in the whole house is one chair. But nobody sits on that chair, because that chair is special. That chair is where the letters live. That's what your words mean to these children. So please, from the bottom of my heart, if you're a sponsor, write to your children. They just need to hear your words. They need to hear that they're special and they're precious. If you want some ideas about writing letters, I'm a huge fan of writing letters. I'm very passionate about writing letters. There is now an app. 
Uh, don't ask me anything about that, because I, I don't know how that works at all. But it is brilliant. I've got it on my phone. Somebody, somebody uploaded, Toby uploaded it for me, so I know how it works. Uh, and the app is amazing, because you can write letters on the app. You can send cards, and you can send postcards. So you don't have to fill a big space. And it does all the sort of processing thing for you. Uh, you can put photos. So if you've got photos on your phone, you can upload them onto a card and make a card with a photo on the front. You can do it while you're sitting in Starbucks having a coffee. You can do it while you're on the train on the way to work. This isn't, isn't something you've got to set aside huge amounts of time for. But please, write to these children. It makes such a huge difference for them. And if you don't have one and you want to write letters, come and see me with a cup of tea and I'll be out in the foyer, quite near the tea, very near the biscuits. Thank you.